Welcome to Add to Party, a friendship simulator masquerading as a new show. I'm your host, James Hartwell, and I'm joined by... Charles, and I'm joined by... Andy Kay. Nice. Evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Yeah, good evening. I took a nap I and just, I woke up. <laughs> oh, let me tell you. I all oh, this this is gonna quickly turn into old man podcast. Ooh. I also took a nap. <laughs> Did not you feel well rested? A little bit more energized for the next few hours? Well, what happened was I fell asleep in my office chair for two like an hour and a half. And then I went and laid in bed for another hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. was... I don't know if I could fall asleep in this chair. Mm. That means it's not good enough, to Andy. Mm. You need a better chair. Well, it just cries every time I move in it. Like, can you that... hear this? Can you no, hear this right thankfully. No. Why Why does your chair cry? How old I is it? I don't know. It's probably part my weight and part because I don't. I haven't like put like WD forty on it. You have to take it apart. Come on, come on. Who's gonna do come that? On. I literally looked at it and there's like a little straw in those WD forty things. So I just mm-hmm. started squirting at it because I was like, it'll get there eventually, and then it didn't. But apparently, you can't hear it. So what's the what? What is it? I'm going Andy, wild over. Th- are you walking in and out? Because you suddenly like fade away. Oh, that's me leaning back in my <laughs> me leaning back in my that's, chair. That's right. Andy in relax mode. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad I got, got to take you guys on that journey. You're making me feel a little bit less self-conscious, though, about this squeaky chair. <laughs> well, again, how old is this chair? I don't know. Like a Didn't you, Maybe this was new, though, right? This was well this, new to chair. me. I bought it off of someone. Yeah, the chair hunt. You bought a used chair? Yeah, they didn't want it anymore. The fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) They didn't use it much. I mean, I don't know what happened on the chair, okay? But I'm going to assume it was holy and pious. And I got it for a good price. Yeah, some people call those alone times uh, holy. It's it's there it's a there's a ritual involved and, and they ascend to a higher plane. Yeah. Uh, it was some, fifty bucks. Fifty some bucks is a good can price be described for a as worship. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Fifty. It's bucks. 50. That's great. You're paying. You, yeah. you, pay, you pay for that. What you what you get, right? I did. I think it's a great chair. Yeah. Well, it's fifty bucks, and you can't fall asleep in it. Whereas Charles and I. <laughs> i'll be okay i got a couch i'll be fine yeah well that's it well here's something you should care about andy i'm ready to care tell me about it ubisoft says fuck you triple a we're going free to play oh my god uh oh my god I mean, so in a recent uh earnings call today as a matter of fact hmm? uh the c the cfo had a quote where they're going in line with the evolution of our high quality lineup that is increasingly diverse, which holy shit, he could put more uh, just business acronyms in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are moving on from our prior prior comment, which I think should be commitment. I'm not sure, but yeah, I think it's, it's commitment. In, yeah, commitment regarding three to four premium AAAs per year. It is indeed no longer a proper indication of our value creation dynamics. (laughs) For for example, our expectation for Just Dance and Writers Republic, uh, Writers Republic is their BMX game. They released, I think, 
last spring, um, are consistent with some of the industry's AAA performers. Additionally, we are building high-end free-to-play games to be trending towards AAA ambitions over the long term. This is a purely financial communication evolution and doesn't change the fact that we continue to expect a high cadence of content delivery, including powerful, premium, and free-to-play new releases. That's a lot of work to say. Give me them loot boxes. Yeah. This was so painful to read. I don't know why it made me so mad, but it's like it's like the it's God, what am I trying to say? It's like that dance, right? The language of nothing, right? You <laughs> fill it with these words that are so vacant. And like, what was it? Value creation dynamics. Yeah, that's the one where I oh felt my heart sink just a little god. bit. <laughs> oh my god! Was this to investors? Yeah. Was this, this was an earnings call? Do they hear this? And like, are they filled with like confidence, or do they also groan? Are we they, all playing a game that we're all embarrassed of? No, no, no. They they stroke their their beards and and light their cigars with their hundred dollar bills and go yes. <laughs> Yes, value, value creation, creation dynamics. dynamics. I will continue to add your stock to my portfolio. Oh God, it's just oh. Yeah. I don't know if it's making me sick or maybe this beer. I don't know how I feel about it. It's got honey. Why in not it. both? I maybe it's both, but I it's it's spiraling me out of control. That no one is embarrassed to say those words. They must be. They must know what they're doing. Was this Jim Ryan? <laughs> no, this was uh, Frederick Dugot. I'm assuming because it's French and yous oh, are silent. <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting upset to an unreasonable point. But I also think it's kind of sad because Ubisoft, at least in my mind, right? They were the only ones... Not the only ones. I'm being I'm exaggerating. But they invested in the single player experience, right? And they iterated, you know, very slowly. Uh, but they they weren't afraid to throw a ton of money and create a big AAA single player experience. And now even they are dropping it, right? What are they gonna do? Is Assassin's they even mentioned at the bottom, Assassin's Creed had its biggest year. Its biggest year. Let's pivot to free to play. Well, well, and Andy also, I mean, we didn't talk about it, but I think last week or maybe it was during this week. I, I lose track of these things, but they announced that they're releasing a free to play version of the division called the division heartland, which, you know, when I think about middle America, I think about lots of cover and not rolling fields of flatness. <laughs> How do you put a cover based shooter in the desert? Uh, not the desert, Andy. Not the it's Middle the East. Desert. Wait, is it in the desert? It's I don't a, know. It said Heartland, so I'm assuming it's in Middle the America. The picture like is slightly tan, and only the desert is tan. I'm I'm thinking it's not, Andy. I'm thinking it's in like in Middle America, like Kansas, Iowa. Uh, no, flat places. Oh, I for some reason I'd I'd okay maybe I guess, but then you're just hiding in grain. Who cares about grain? Exactly. I don't yeah, know. lots of lots of hiding in tall wheat. Um, yeah. I mean, they they also released Hyperscape last year, which was Battle Royale, which I never played. It kind of looked like a little bit of a mix of, say, an Overwatch, and um, it, it had a lot of kind of a uh, Bulletstorm almost, 
where there was a lot of like fast movement and aerial aerial combat, but you know, in a battle royale space. It, so they've been kind of transitioning this for a while. They also talked about Writers Republic and what was the other game? <laughs> uh, oh, Just Dance. Yeah, <laughs> Just Dance. I mean, I, I mean, we laugh. Just we are not the audience for Just Dance, right? But That's Just funny. Dance, I think, is consistently one of their best sellers. I, you yeah. know, what? God bless. I love it for them. Yeah, it's interesting. I guess it's it's another one. I'm I'm wondering, do they just look at that Fortnite money? Not everyone's gonna get Fortnite money. You don't need I, to get. You Fortnite don't need money. to get for, You could remember shoot for the shoot for the moon and land amongst the stars. That's a lot. There's a lot of money in microtransactions, as you know, we've all learned over the past many years. And That's Bobby Cotter's favorite thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, so here's like the issue, right? Uh, it's got to be profitable for everybody <laughs> to switch mm-hmm. over to a more microtransaction model because, you know, we prey on people's uh, psychology to pay more, to spend more and gamble. Which you know you would hope there'd be we finally start moving towards that regulations that's been being threatened over the past few years on all these microtransactions because if we don't we're just gonna end up <laughs> we're gonna end up uh, everybody has almost no good reason to keep it within just a triple A space and should just move into microtransactions. I mean, uh, Genshin Impact I think came out for PS4, PS5 this week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, noted. Breath of the Wild gotcha simulator, uh, which honestly, Genshin Impact's one of those games where I've been waiting for it to come to consoles because I tried playing it on PC or mobile, and I'm like, this doesn't feel good. When Genshin Impact comes to Switch, I think I'm really going to get into it, which I have no idea why it's not there already. Well, I, I like the problem with Genshin Impact, and you know, it's been the problem since its release uh, last winter or. Uh, you know, last quarter of last year, uh, there's not really, it's so you can fly through that story and hit the dead end. And then you're just like, what am I doing? Uh, so hopefully they resolve that. And they still made a lot of money. Their percentage, <laughs> their percentages on their units are so fucking low. It is insane. <laughs> well, it's so, and you know, it's funny too, because Charles, you, you, you are our gotcha expert, right? Mm-hmm. I'm playing um, one right now. <laughs> it's in uh, my hand just type but yeah go ahead i was say you i think you turned me on to another eden probably like three four months ago at this point mm-hmm. and i saw it come out uh for playstation like two or three weeks ago and i went oh i actually know that game <laughs> and a lot of people were like what is this game another eden a cat in time what a weird game and i went oh wait i actually know what that is <laughs> It's actually that I'll, I'll say another Ian is uh, pretty good. It's not it's not a bad game. The only thing about it right now is, um, uh, I just didn't have enough time, and then I feel like I lost like I lost the lead when I kept playing. But what do you mean cool. lead? Like the story? Uh, like I, I I couldn't catch up to all the good people. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. In, in, in other Ubisoft news, just kind of rounding it out, uh, Skull and Bones, uh, their pirate game, which I believe was announced right after Assassin's Creed Rogue, known Xbox 360 title, <laughs> um, <laughs> was uh, delayed yet again. So their pirate game is maybe coming out April of 2022. And then you're also going to be having 
later this year, Far Cry 6 and Rainbow Six Quarantine, they're the first person shooter Ooh. maybe coming out this year as well. In addition to Riders Republic. So Riders Republic isn't an out. That's right. I thought maybe I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Steep. That's what I'm thinking. Riders Republic, Division Heartland, and Roller Champions, which I have not heard about Roller Champions. What the hell is that? We're gonna find out together right now. <laughs> Pop it Roller open. Ch- right Roller quick. Cha- Roller Champions is an upcoming free-to-play sports game. Okay, let's let's see a video ah, of this. There's the Fortnite. Oh, it's an E3 2019. <laughs> okay, okay, oh, okay. Let's so it's kind, kind it's of like destruction. Of... It's like a roller derby or roller ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the movie with those stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 roller ball, like you know where you skate around in a circle, but gamified. Oh, I mean, whatever. Someone will like it. Yeah, that's that's the thing about a lot of these games. Just you know, I guess this is the strategy going forward. Right, is where we're like, yeah, broad audience appeal. That's cool. We just want to get like the hundred thousand people who are willing to spend, you know, five hundred bucks on our game once a year. (laughs) Chase the whale. Yeah, chasing the the whale more interesting. It looks really boring. I mean, that's Ubisoft, right? (laughs) They might have something there. Maybe if they made it like more cartoonish or maybe if they just made it look like Jack Ryan Radio, that'd be awesome. I mean, what was the what was the game? Phoenix Rising Eternals. Immortals Phoenix Rising Phoenix Rising Phoenix spelled with an F and a Y. Yeah, Yeah. Phoenix Rising Immortals. Yeah, the dumbest game in the world. They really that one. Yeah, I I still haven't played that game. By all accounts, it was acceptable, yeah. right? People I liked heard it. Got the job done. Yeah, yeah. I, don't I know. heard the the name was a marketing decision. I heard it was going to be called something else, but then they stepped in and changed the name. <sighs> what was the original name? Which was I, a lot better. I think it was just called like Phoenix or something or, or more. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I thought it was also not good, but this one was worse. <laughs> Hold on. Now I have to Google it because if I don't remember, I won't be happy. It's Phoenix Rising. Phoenix Rising original name. Uh, Gods and Monsters. I don't know. That's, I mean, it does kind of, Gods and Monsters reminds me of the the Will Wright game, Black and White. Black and (laughs) White. That's literally what I thought. I was thinking Black and White, and I was like, oh, was that Will Wright? I thought that was um, Peter Molyneux. That's Peter Molyneux. Oh, that's Peter Molyneux. Excuse me. Yeah. How dare I confuse Will Ray and Peter Molyneux? How dare you? <laughs> One was a man who delivered. Exactly. <laughs> I I played Spore. <laughs> Listen, he gets one bad one. That's fair. That's <laughs> that's fair. That's okay. Um, what's Will Ray doing nowadays? Yeah, what is Will Ray doing nowadays? I hope he's doing well. He deserves okay. the rest. He left EA to run Stupid Fun Club Camp, an entertainment think tank, in which Wright and EA are principal shareholders. Oh, uh, think, think, think tanks are always uh, nothing. I only hear They're... about them in like the context of politics, and they just want to stop people from voting. Uh, a think tank. <laughs> yeah. A think tank, generally speaking, for. it's kind of the same thing as a consulting group but less requirement to actually deliver anything tangible. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to deliver. Right. Yeah. We just need you to find a creative way to break the rules. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> how well. can how can you do this? And like, what a what a lofty name though. A think tank, right? It's it's kind of. I don't want to think that Will Wright is trying to impede on our rights. He's too good of a guy. Well, Maybe. well, this know. one's about entertainment, so <laughs> it, he, you know, he probably does. But in a way that gives you games. <laughs> yeah. maybe. I, I, I mean, he's maybe interested in the politics of microtransactions. Oh. Yeah, but probably not voting. Right. That's fair. Mm. But let me tell Andy, let me tell you something mm. in terms of shocking decisions made by think tanks. I need to hear this right now. Yakuza will be a turn-based game going uh, forward. Do you understand the peace that is washing over me as I hear this. <laughs> I finally beat my infinity run of Like a Dragon, by the oh, way. Oh, wow. An excellent game. What um, an excellent game. And to yeah. hear that the series is going to continue as turn-based. Well, I think I have a more important qualifier. Honestly, the, the turn-based combat was, it was okay. Uh, they were very creative, but the actual moveset kind of, I don't know, felt bloated. But what I mean to say is I need another game starring Ichiban and his Ichiban friends. Kasuga. I need I need more of these characters. All right. Yeah. Their friendship but... made me cry. <laughs> like <laughs> it is so beautiful. And it's so... just it's just like the trope of the power of friendship just aged up. And it is wonderful. To help your adult friends go through their adult issues. It is so <laughs> beautiful. And to have this series continue is just, I'm literally, I feel it in my chest right now, a real joy. And I cannot wait for the next one. I am, I am day one. I am there. What if it's on Xbox? Why did you say that? <laughs> because that's what happened this last time. And he came Why out in. Did you say that? It came out in November. That's when I played it. The real Yakuza fan. <laughs> I can't do this. Um, oh, no. no. But, but just to kind of even out the discussion. Um, so oh, there was a recent uh, kind of a, a mini conference or, you know, uh, state of play. Not state of play, but, you know, the developer had kind of a thing to announce their new game, uh, Lost Judgment. So Judgment which also just came out um, or just got a remaster came out about a month ago is basically set in the same world of Yakuza. But instead of playing a former Yakuza, you play as a lawyer slash private investigator um, exposing, uh, exposing a deep conspiracy that goes all the way to the top. Mm, have um, you played it? Uh, no, I've, I've watched someone play it, but I haven't played it yet. So they also announced during this Lost Judgment, which will be the sequel to that game, um, Judgment. the Judgment series is going to continue to be the brawler, with Yakuza then becoming a turn-based series, uh, which I think is pretty good, right? Because mm -hmm. we don't have a lot of turn-based series anymore. We no. have Persona, and yeah. we have Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, like it is truly turn-based. Yeah. Um, no I, ATB uh, or anything. It was yeah. it was really, really nice. Oh, I loved that yeah. game. Yeah, I kind of, to be honest with you, the developers here, I was just like, well, they're just going to, they get to have their cake and eat it too. They were just like, we're going to split this up uh, between these two games. 
Like they already have a good system with the the, the original Yakuza, you know, brawling. That's okay. And then they were like, we can also just make it <laughs> make a turn based game. And honestly, they could have done it either way. They could have made one. They could have just flipped it around it and made the other one a turn based if they wanted to. Um, but to be honest with you, the smarter move would have uh, would likely have been this switch for, with the Yakuza series because the Yakuza. Yeah, I feel like the Yakuza series is more popular. So they're oh, yeah. like, you know, we'll keep the turn base here. And then we already have an established, you know, brawling system. We'll just put it in the other game. Which, so, if, so if people like the old version, they'll just play this series instead. Yeah. I'm debating yeah, I, playing Judgment. Should I play it? It, will it was it be, fun. Will it be like, I loved Like a Dragon so much. Andy, what I recommend is playing Yakuza 0. Uh, because Yakuza 0 is kind of the best version of yakuza brawler Mm -hmm. if you like that and you like the combat in yakuza zero then it probably makes sense for you to play judgment although you might also then go on to play yakuza kwami one and yakuza kwami two sure i am and that's one thing i've been trying to figure out do i love like a dragon as an rpg or do i like it as is it just that i like a yakuza game but it also made me start thinking, like, I formed, and I think this is, maybe it's not right to say unique to RPGs, but a strong part of RPGs, is that I'm playing a game that's 60 hours, and with RPGs, you become, you spend so much time with your party that you grow so close to them. Mm-hmm. Even just controlling them in battle and hearing, you know, their their voice snippets and, and all that stuff, I create such a close bond. And Like a Dragon allowed me to do that with a cast of, I think, like six or seven characters. Can a Yakuza game where it's a single brawler, at least as far as I know, it's only a single character. Can I form those same deep relationships and cry when they talk about friendship? Oh, I mean, that still happens, right? In in all the other Yakuza games, the other characters are an important part of the story. They're not necessarily there in every moment, but like every kind of cutscene involves them. Um, Very, it's not super often that Kiryu is carrying a scene by himself and that's also because kiryu is kind of a stoic guy so he Mm -hmm. needs other people to react for him Mm -hmm. so that's why there's always side characters in a yakuza game because you know kiryu is is always this very stoic very quiet person so you need other people to react and and say things because why would kiryu say those that'd be out of character yeah listen and ichiban is not afraid yeah. Ichiban doesn't know anything, which is great from I a story it. perspective. Oh my god, I love that game so much. I don't know, but now it's got me like on an RPG kick, and it's just, oh, I'm so content. I'm so thrilled. I can't recommend it enough. Yeah, although Yakuza we, Seven is yeah, a great game. It was, it was wonderful. Although, I, yeah, I might need to talk with some people about the battle system. I don't know if I actually really ever knew how it worked, but that's <laughs> that's a that's a conversation for later. <laughs> I, I do think a lot of sins in Yakuza 7, like there was a pretty bad XP curve in there. And then yeah. uh, <laughs> only once. Oh, well, yeah, only <laughs> once. Me, and, they did, and they did warn you. They're like, hey, yeah. uh, we can't balance this. So just grind for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think those can be forgiven as as them trying to figure it out and get um, a little it's more. It's their first RPG. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm just happy to hear. I was... I was like, as long I was like, would I play a brawler with Ichiban? I'm like, I guess that would be fun, but I don't know. This I, I like the kind of 
nonsensical world they've created with the, the like a dragon series where yeah. you can get to a point where you can summon a a satellite from space to blow people up oh my gosh <laughs> oh my gosh or you know a gang of yakuza into a diaper fetish it's it's great yeah. summon them andy, both. andy would you believe that that's actually a long-running joke through the yakuza series oh, i didn't know that no yeah yeah <laughs> but i laughed a lot when i saw they, it. they appear in a lot of games <laughs> they're awesome yeah. And it had a beautiful message about being a mother and how difficult it is. Like, it was, oh, God, I love this game. I love it. I love it. Um, I like those sighs, like a, a very wistful lover. I literally, <laughs> yeah. I, it's, I'm flooded with joy. I just, it's, it's sad to see it done, but I think it was ready to be done. Yeah. So the only, the only bad part about the Judgment series is that. Uh, there's no karaoke in it, which is a big part really? of the episode. Yep. Yeah, the karaoke was great too. Um, I think the issue with that is that the VA for the voice actor for the main character of the Judgment series mm-hmm. is actually a fairly well-renowned singer. Oh, like he's a singer before he's a voice actor. So I don't think Sega can afford him to sing. Okay, I, <laughs> I guess that's fair. I was also really impressed with the English voice acting in Like a Dragon. Like, holy Oh, did you cow. do English for Like a Dragon? Yeah, knocked it uh, out of the park. It was excellent. It actually it was really, I, really I mean, excellent. I think I thought that it was fine at, the, at least the first two hours that I played it. Mm-hmm. And then I switched did you not to finish Like a Dragon. No, it's a, oh. I didn't have time. <laughs> I, I should go back. No, I know. <laughs> right with everything else that's happening. <laughs> oh, I know. You know, with Returnal and. That's it. Other games, Mass Effect. That's it. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise, because now it has a, a an ending. <gasps> Ooh, yeah, I know. I do need to get back to Rise. Same. Um, it's just there's just stuff to do. Ew. <laughs> and the shot reacting on screen to, is kind of gross. Andy's reacting to the trailer for Lost Judgment, which included decom. Uh, was it de- a, de- uh, a decomposing body? There it is, a decomposing body with like bugs all over it. Yeah, that was kind of <laughs> gross. Sorry to interrupt. Look at that pretty boy. Look at him. He also wears a deep, deep crew neck. Like it goes down <laughs> to like mid peck. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, such a Japanese like pretty boy. Thing. Hey, if you're if you're a detective and can pull it off, why not? That's right. Go for it. Uh, but you know what? You know what else? Uh, di- what else needed investigation, Andy? <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's how much game devs are getting paid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So let's let's how to contextualize this. So uh, game developers have been getting a bad break for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, basically, it's a it's a passion industry, right? So there's always a talent group of people waiting to go in the lane. Go in the wings, right? There's always someone who wants to get into game dev. And with that, there's always trouble with, you know, people being underpaid or being taken advantage of. This is where, you know, crunch culture comes into effect. There was a report um, recently, just as an aside, that uh, Halo Infinite is being made as under crunch, basically Conditions. the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, salary... This is and this is actually not something unique to the gaming industry, but um, 
uh, and people have started sharing their salaries online using the hashtag game dev paid me to kind of help even the playing field of people knowing what they're worth, right? You see yeah. this also a lot in other industries. I think Google had a document that went around their whole company where everyone listed their salary just oh, to wow. kind of even it out. And then everyone got in trouble for doing that. You'll <laughs> find that a lot of uh, CEOs and owners of companies would prefer people don't discuss, discuss their salary. I, yeah. um, in, a, in another life, I had an exact scenario where I had management tell me to tell my employees to stop talking about their salary. And yep. I went, I can't, that's not legal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. So yeah, it's, people have been kind of coming forward and, and trying to say what they're worth. Um, uh, one noted person, you know, and there's also that kind of thing of, you know, what does a cis white male get paid versus, you know, a black or a person of color, a woman, you know, someone trans, right? That can all play into salary. So they're even exposing that too, but uh, it's not great. I mean, at least for this guy, he's finally made it after what, nine years. But, you know, what, his yeah. first three jobs yeah. were uh, maxing out at about 65K. And that's, pretty low for development i want to say especially Absolutely. for the west coast yeah right yep. yeah at yeah. west coast prices i mean i know like if you're sixty three thousand dollars is a sixty five thousand dollars a year is a lot of money to a lot of people and i don't want to minimize that mm -hmm. but when you're talking about especially the bay area tech yeah. uh, i mean a hundred twenty thousand dollars is barely enough to get you maybe a one bedroom no, you don't. You don't even get a one bedroom. You get a studio yeah. apartment, and you're still sharing it with somebody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think in some neighborhoods, a hundred thousand is the poverty line in these areas where these people are making this much. So they're it's severely underpaid for the area. Like I'm, I'm glad you recognize it. it is a lot of money, but also these people are so overworked. Yeah, yeah. so literally exploited, exploited. And yeah. because it's a passion industry, it's I get to work on games. This is so cool. Oh, awesome. I'm going to need you to work 80, you know, 100 hour weeks. I'll buy you dinner. But, you know, I we have and, a ping pong table. Exactly. <laughs> Woo! Let's go for drinks. And you can make up the time later. Like these. Yeah. It, it, it's so manipulative. There's right? never later. There's never. uh and and when there is later, it is years down the line when there's later. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's yeah. it's so terrible, um, and it's really good to bring this to light. Uh, and even, I mean, yes, it's it's good to bring sa salaries to light, which in in terms of my exposure is new because I know the whole biggest issue is crunch. Right, the problem is crunch. The problem mm -hmm. is you know having to work nights and weekends. And then companies getting away with saying, we never tell you to, but come on, right? <laughs> yeah. Come on. Right. Like, the, the issue is uh, they say, yes, you never, they never tell you to. And then uh, there is evidence of people passing you up for promotions or everything else because you didn't work overtime. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, an, another thing with that too, right, is. Oh no! I lost my thought while I was talking about it. <laughs> Quick, so. Here, let, in, me, let me in, jump in. in. Let me jump in. in. So uh, I again, right? We've also said this, like, and funny enough, surprise! All three of us work in a sort of tech sector. Um, the 
the problem there's this greater thought about like the software developer industry like all these programmers and developers should come up with a union in general not even just the games mm -hmm. industry um and honestly yeah. that might work might be a good cause here uh you know everyone you know i've i've been in part of many different companies and uh in different types of pay and situations it's all over the place <laughs> it oh, yeah. is definitely a giant like what's happening what's going on you don't know they everyone tries to make sure you get paid less and then when i <laughs> when i went to the other side of uh management and you understand how much they're trying they're just not paying other people i'm like mm -hmm. i was like you gave that to them with a straight face that's incredible <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? there is yeah it's it's pretty bad i mean uh, and, and what i was gonna say too was i think game development too this is again not unique to game development but maybe almost it's a little more prevalent there is that it's highly contract and seasonal based right yes. mm -hmm. studios staff up for a project they let everyone go uh i i've know a lot of instances of game devs getting out of game dev once they get older because they just want a stable job Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, challenging too, right? Because we talk about the Bay Area, you know, that's where most of the studios are. Um, that is spreading out. But, you know, there's like studios. In, there's a couple studios in Boston. There's a couple studios in Austin, Austin, Texas. But, um, but you know, once you get to a point where, you know, it, you're, you're limiting your options and you kind of just all have to go there because if you're getting laid off every six to eight months because the project's over, you want to be in the place that has the most options. And then that place also happens to be some of the most expensive real estate on earth. Mm -hmm. um, it, it makes it, it makes a tough challenge for game dev. And I don't necessarily know the answer to that. I'm, I'm not sure, you know, something that's never really been super exposed to me. And I don't know if either of you know, how does Japanese game dev do in terms of payment? Like I, I know Japanese development has a lot of on the magaka and the, um, the anime side has a lot of these issues too, but I actually don't know a lot about how game dev goes. Yeah, I, I don't know, honestly. And funny enough, maybe I actually can just uh, go ahead and jump into that and research it. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's, it's too quiet is the problem, right? <laughs> the, the issue, that whole, cause, because it is a, you know, a cultural thing too. They don't like, you know, office environments over there don't like you talking a hint mm -hmm. of how much you don't like working at the company yeah. that you're in. You get blacklisted for everything like from almost everywhere. If the people hear that you were talking about talking badly about the company you're working in. Honestly, I don't know if it's that much different. Right. It, reading... it can't be, it can't be much better. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I yeah. remember reading well, something from the, I forgot the name, but he's the guy who started monolith soft. Um, the one who hmm. directed Xenogears uh, okay. and went on to leave and create his own studio to create Xenosaga and now, you know, Xenoblade. But one of his founding principles with his company and also when Nintendo kind of, a you know, I don't know if they straight out acquired them, but whatever, was that he said no overtime. He hmm. said, I don't want crunch. Well, no, and no overtime or no Japanese overtime. <laughs> Maybe it's Japanese overtime. I don't know. But I thought that was kind of interesting is that he started. And also, just to his credit, too, when he started his studio, 
He was like, I want, and he even began it with Xenosaga. He said, I want young people to make the decisions. I want young people to make the design. And uh, I guess that's been one of the things about his studio too, that it's been led a lot by the younger staff, which I thought was kind of cool. Hmm. Um, maybe because they have the energy to do that all too. But yeah, so I, I imagine it's a problem. The salary man, right, is, is such yeah. a a known thing now the anime industry is truly exploitative uh yeah. very bad maybe worse than the game industry i don't know if you can compare them so much but the anime industry is very 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 bad <laughs> yeah it's um, it's i mean it's it's an art industry right and mm-hmm. it's you know it's it's sometimes tough to say a person who is coding is creating art but it, they are right games are art um but usually it's you know to feed the machine right yeah where the anime is more so entertainment and um, right. much more subjective and then unfortunately much less valued gotta buy those blu-rays guys that's how they get their money gotta buy oh, the blu-rays uh, 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 in this week's iteration of james yells at gen z on tiktok <laughs> uh, there was a tiktok i saw where someone goes you know your og anime fan when you remember this and it was like you know episode one square ing sub you know <laughs> xdcc so it was basically like it was like a torrent naming file for a system oh, sure. and i'm like that's not og thirty dollars for three episodes is OG. <laughs> thirty dollars for three episodes a one piece yeah you know that doesn't cost a lot no. yeah exactly oh boy <laughs> yeah yeah, but you know, one thing. Uh, go ahead, James. I'll no, go no, no. Go ahead. Absolutely. Say your thought because I was yeah. going to transition after this. Yeah, yeah. Going back into it too, it was funny because um, I did um, get when I was looking for jobs. I was reaching. Uh, I did reach out to some uh, gaming companies, and wow, when I, it was funny because when I talked, when I when I you know emailed about certain salaries and stuff like that, and then I. Uh, brought up certain uh, crunch and stuff in the, in the email. They just stopped responding. <laughs> both, both both companies actually. It was very funny. I was just like, well, I guess that's a touchy subject. No one wants to. I, I don't, don't want people who ask questions. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The only person it helps is the company. Like I. Mm, yeah. Mm, <laughs> I, I, I think the angry. I think the lesson here is companies uh, are evil. We're well, that the too. Enemy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they are. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, they are. <laughs> oh um, but also, you know, talking about salaries, being open about those things amongst each other is important, even yeah. if you can do it anonymously. Anonymously, um, I've all, always felt a little weird about sharing my salary, despite being such a um, proponent of this and in no fucking way i'm going to tell you what i make on this stream <laughs> mm-hmm. but you know i think amongst a corporate or amongst a employment force into into a specific company right it's important to share that information yeah because it only it only improves people you know i think there's always that retaliation of you get paid what how dare you and it's really shouldn't be that because you're you as employees shouldn't be against each other it's you versus management yeah, so it's, right. a, it's a major problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I my, my stance at work uh, in my previous job was I I would if if any of my developers asked I I was always fine with telling them 
average salaries mm-hmm. in, of the company uh, just because I can't control if they uh, how they'll react to other developers. Uh, but, you know, giving them that like uh, ballpark so they know if they're under or over was like a nice little things for them to push forward and argue for when it came time yeah. for their reviews. Um, Why is it a fight? That's it. I, 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 yeah, yeah. My thing with the, you know, with, with peers, I mean, I would, I am, I am not shy about it because I also believe that, you know, hiding it doesn't make anybody like it doesn't, uh, it doesn't help anybody, any of any of your fellow peers. So share it when you can. Um, Yeah. 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 I think for me, it comes from a sense of imposter syndrome, which is, I, I, everyone would say, He's not worth that. <laughs> I mean, um, but that's my own. That's my own cross to bear. But speak- what a nice cross to bear. <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> uh, um, but no. Uh, but anyway, tra- transition. Go here. Speaking speaking of games that were probably almost certainly made under crunch with underplay underpaid salarymen. Mm-hmm. Resident Evil Village came out. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I finished it today. Mm. Sorry, Charles. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. That's it. That's fine. I was uh I was watching a different let's player. Uh well a couple. <laughs> I, I actually here's the thing. I actually might play it again. Um, which I ended up doing this with seven, but uh just a, it's sitting at like an eighty four on Metacritic, eight point five on the user score, um, and then eighty you know, eighty four from critics, which is pretty good right that's a good game i've seen a lot of talk about people being like mm, it's not that good of a resident evil game oh, it's not wow. very scary uh i don't know there yeah. were scary moments in it but it definitely felt a little more like they were just like this is the scary section this is the action section yeah. um i agree and on <laughs> I, I did read an article that basically said something like they followed feedback that RE7 was too scary, so they mm-hmm. kind of pulled back from that. But this is, by all by all intents and purposes, a spiritual successor to Resident Evil 4. This yeah. game is Resident Evil 4 too. I want to be very <laughs> clear about that. Yeah, from literally so having the same inventory management system as Resident <laughs> Evil 4. <laughs> um, I don't know, Charles. Go ahead. I mean, if you have. I, I can keep going because I've played the game, but like, what are your, what are your impressions from watching it? Uh, you know, as a person that doesn't like playing scary games, but is completely okay with watching people play scary games. Um, I'm about halfway through a, watching a playthrough. The first I've gotten, well, okay. Mm-hmm. I think I'm more at like 70% of the way through. Um, I agree. One, this, this is this game is not so scary that I was like I could actually just play this game myself, <laughs> um, and it's one of those things where um, it's the scary sections are when you don't have nearly as many weapons. Yeah. But in this game, they give you a lot of weapons. They give you a lot of bullets. It like it's not you know it's not so scary when you can definitely just kind of shoot your way through the problem, right? And like the if sections, you- the sections with like, you know, Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3 type of like, man, that unstoppable person that chases you, um, mm-hmm. I feel are, are they either, they feel either too short or just not frequent enough for you to be like, uh, this is horrifying. Yeah. I, I would say there's, there's kind of one, there's a mansion that's 
about it's early it's early midway through the game right on the on the on the on the on the small half of 50 percent of the game right there's a mansion which is it's it's the scary section you don't have your gun and you're forced to just kind of wander around it's a lot of if you remember resident Evil 7 when you're locked in that escape room and have to solve that it's kind of like that but instead of just being body horror there's actually a, a presence chasing you and making it bad so yeah uh, uh it's it's still i don't know i had a lot of fun i think to your point like if there being a lot of ammo it's one of those things where if you're good at getting headshots you will have a lot of ammo but if you shoot in the body you will run out of ammo really quick <laughs> um i was playing on mouse and keyboard so it was a little easier for me i can imagine on console it's a little more difficult um it's just yeah it, the the monsters are tanky and i was playing on the standard one too right um resident evil zombies usually take i don't know three to four headshots i feel like in this game they can take anywhere from five to nine depending on how upgraded the weapon you are using like obviously the sniper rifle would take them out in one or two shots depending on the enemy does that make it fun sometimes it can make it it makes the game a lot more about balancing right where it's like i have to use this weapon in this situation i have to use that weapon in this situation like towards the end of the game i had a point where i'm like oh boy i have six shotgun shells and 20 sniper rifle shots Mm -hmm. i have to think very carefully about how i use them um and 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 i think charles that resource management ammo management that does get lessened as the game goes on because you're there stops being as much things to discover yeah. You start retreading the same ground and you're like, oh, I don't have as much ammo as I did anymore. Yeah. Luckily they're great. nice about luckily they're nice about like giving you a lot of stuff right before a boss, but I think maybe on harder difficulties that can get challenging challenging. Um I did actually load the new game plus just because I wanted to see how it was and <laughs> bumped it up to the hardcore difficulty. And I've actually had a little trouble. I haven't been able to survive the initial lichen attack. Ooh. where yeah it, which is weird because it's a scripted loss and i'm like <laughs> how far do i have to get in this to <laughs> to get to the scripted loss i keep dying so i don't know there's something to it and i don't know it'll be fun obviously there's also the ability with this challenge point system there are challenges in the game and they give you a certain amount of points and with that you can unlock um better weapons or infinite ammo just to make the game a lot easier uh, I don't know. Narratively, I think it's a great game. I'm not going to get into spoilers because I do think it's actually interesting in the direction they're taking the Resident Evil series. Ooh. But yeah, um, Charles, wh- wh- how far are you in your watch through? Um, uh, we're heading towards a factory. Okay, so you have okay, you're 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 getting there. Um, yeah, yeah. There's there's uh they they explain a lot in this game about. Uh, towards the end about Ethan and who he is. And I think it's actually very interesting. Yeah. I mean, they, they definitely need to, um, they definitely need to explain it just because they've been a lot more, uh, there's been a lot more hints of how unordinary, Mm -hmm. uh, the, he is. So it's good to go through all that. Yeah. Yeah. it, It definitely, it contextualizes a lot of seven, which is good. It's always good when a game makes, the story of a previous game better right so i i give village a lot of credit for that um also i give a lot of village a lot of credit i give village a lot of credit and also a negative for lady demetresque 
being uh, the first boss you fight, but then then her also not being in the rest of the game, which is kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me. I the the biggest the greatest thing like I think it rivals po- Pokemon Go was how unified the internet was on this uh, very tall and uh, statuesque woman. Um, and then she is the first boss. <laughs> so it, it's like, uh, the enthusiasm kind of leaves a little bit, uh, with that. I will, I will say that dungeon is probably the longest, um, except for the fourth one, which is the one you're heading towards mm-hmm. Charles. That's the longest dungeon. So, um, the first one is like the second longest. So yeah. they, they do give her a lot of time to breathe, which is good. And I like the castle that she's in. It felt very classic Resident Evil. Um, the third uh, the third dungeon area is, God, I if they gave me a boat and a harpoon to throw it, it might as well have been Resident Evil 4. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just, it's so funny how many times I'm playing this game and I'm like, this is Resident Evil 4. And, and Resident Evil 4, that's, that is Chris Redfield, right? As the lead. No, it's Leon. It's for Leon. Resident Evil 4. Oh, it's Leon. Thank you. I was like, with that I'm like, haircut. I'm, yeah, that's right. Because I'm like, Chris Redfield is not the guy from Resident Evil 4, right? Yeah. Chris yeah. doesn't. Yeah. Chris shows up at five. So it's like one Code Veronica and then five, basically, for Chris. Okay. And he's all neck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's literally just a neck. Just like, oof, how did that happen? That's not Resident I wanna, Evil 1, Chris. I. In the run-up to this, I actually replayed 7 again. I beat that earlier last week. And I uh, played 3, um, which is something I've just been putting... The remake of 3, mm-hmm. which is something I've actually just kind of been putting off for a while for some reason. I think it had lukewarm reviews when it came out of it just being kind of short. So I didn't really get around to it. But I was like, yeah, I want to play a Resident Evil game. And I Only think I ran through it in point. about 8 hours. Yeah, that's but, not that bad. For yeah. Resident Evil, don't overstay I mean, your welcome. It also came out. I mean, it is also a sixty dollars game, right? But <laughs> sure. Um, but I, I don't know. Resident Evil games, I'm discovering, or at least these new Resident Evil games, right? Um, they have a lot of replayability for me. I've played seven probably about four or five times now. Holy um, cow! I like seven. It's I like the. I don't know. It's just it, the shooting mechanics in seven and eight are satisfying. I like doing them. Like. I just got my VR adapter, so I've been tr- I've been planning on playing seven in VR, and I've been told I will pee myself. It's a pretty spooky game. Yeah. Um, will I pee myself? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm if you don't do cer- it, I'm thinking of a certain <laughs> boss. So uh, yes. Hmm. Well, I was gonna say if he doesn't do it in like the first hour, I think he might be safe. Hmm. Yeah. Well, there might be some specific. Uh, phobias well the, the lantern the lantern <laughs> area mm-hmm. okay i did yeah. pee myself during silent hill in the That's very start fir- in the very first game i remember when you're in that diner and the the things crash in i peed mm. on myself <laughs> I, was, um, I, was, I was waiting for i peed hard <laughs> <laughs> i was in fourth grade or fifth grade, oh, and right. it was a sleepover thought- so that's I weird. thought this was like you were a teenager. There's listen. No, <laughs> not as a teenager. You're fine. Anything under the age of twelve and peeing yourself is that's okay. that's gravy. I made it through Fatal Frame 
without peeing myself. But there was a boss. Oh, no. There was a boss I had to have my mom sit in the room with because I was too scared to play it. And then I beat the boss, and I was like, God, Mom, I can do this. And then I had to leave. I I will say, um, so I was playing playing a little bit last night, and... um, I was disquieted going to bed because I stopped during the second dungeon, which is the oh, scary yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. So, I completely agree. So, so I went to I, I went to bed and I was like, mm, I'm gonna leave a couple of these lights on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like an it's not an unscary game. Um, there's yeah. definitely some jump scares. Um, literally programmed to be as such. Yeah. So you go fuck. <laughs> go fuck you game um but i don't know i had a great time with it uh i don't i don't know if i like it better than eight i think time will tell on that sure i definitely feel like well just the fact that you can skip cutscenes makes it a better game than seven (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i don't know I, i seven feels maybe more like a more condensed story it's a little more narratively focused but it's also short um eight feels a bit more expanded you know to grandiose scale Mm -hmm. but doesn't necessarily connect all those threads of why is it so grandiose so i don't know it has its negatives but it's it's also it's it's a fun game i would play it i liked it i liked it better than three which yeah so yeah but resident evil eight thumbs up from me if this was ubisoft they wouldn't make another one (laughs) yeah No, they would turn I, it into a. Free- How do you turn Resident Evil into a free to play chapters? Do you, uh, do you pay for the ammo? Haven't they done that? Isn't or the that ink that? ribbons? Um, no, you just gotcha systems. But also, what do you gotcha? Uh, Different guns, the zombie types, zombie types. Oh, I uh, also you could do playable characters. Sure, milk that background, and then mm-hmm. yeah, I mean costumes. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, exactly costumes. Yeah. There has to be swimsuits. Mm-hmm. It's not worth it if there's no swimsuits. Only... Oh, the oh yeah. Japanese. Mm. Yeah, and then you could do like swimsuit. Um, you know, uh, unstoppable stalking monster. Be a tyrant <laughs> or an ex. Put everyone in swimsuits. Put, put, put Nemesis in a tasteful two piece. I support it a hundred percent. That could get yeah. some money. I don't know. It's I, I was thinking about this today. It's like, I don't know when I turned into a Resident Evil fan because it was a game series I never really got into until 7? Seven? 7 came out before 2 Remake, right? Yeah. Yeah. So 7 was the first kind of Resident Evil I ever really played. Mm-hmm. Um, I love you know, because I was not a PlayStation boy. Sure. So, yeah. But, yeah, it's it, uh, Resident Evil 9 is going to come based on the end of the story. Mm-hmm. I look forward to it. I also I look think. forward to them remaking four, even though they kind of did, and it was called eight. <laughs> yeah, they definitely like the, the people I was watching were all just like, "This is just Resident Evil 4. <laughs> it yeah. does make a lot of sense why they didn't announce a Resident Evil Four remake. Because <laughs> so we might get that in like another two or they're definitely gonna do Code Veronica next. Give four a little more time to breathe and then do it. Because yeah, I, I tried playing four fairly recently and. Man, those controls do not feel good. <laughs> Listen, and but they I, revolutionized controls yeah. at the time, and yeah, now they're no, I agree. Yeah, they're terrible. I'll, although I, I have to say, controls were, you know, 
They could just take the engine for this game, and now they have four. <laughs> that's all they need. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. I think um, that's great. I'm so happy to hear it's good. Yeah. I hope I will one day play it, but I have to beat seven in VR and not pee that's myself. Fair. Well, we'll see. One, one last thing. Speaking mm. of body horror. Oh. Venom, Let There Be Carnage trailer came out this week. Oh, yes. And it looks like hot shit. (laughs) And not in the good way. Okay, and question, because I was watching the whole thing thinking, where's (laughs) Spider-Man? Did you you see the original Venom, Andy? No. But isn't isn't Spider-Man in Venom? No, Andy. This is a brave new Venom world that has nothing to do with Spider-Man. Also, it takes place in San Francisco. You know, where Venom's known to be, not New York City. Does it? Isn't isn't Venom Spider-Man? Yes, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that in schlub world. is Spider-Man? No, there's no, no. Spider-Man in the Venom universe, um, at least as of revealed. Mm-hmm. In, the, in, this, in this world, the look of Venom is completely... Uh, incidental to any other web-based um, <laughs> superheroes. Yeah, yeah. I'll just say, knowing nothing about it from the trailer that has like tonal whiplash, it's all over the place. It had a bit of like, kind of like a. It's kind of a lazy comparison now, but I got like a '90s vibe from it. What does that mean? I don't know. Like it, it's dumb and it's okay with it, kind of thing. But then you get stuff wildly different, and I'm just, mm, eh. Mm. Andy, remember Venom, the original Venom, made a billion dollars. <gasps> <laughs> so just to be clear, and it didn't where we have Spider Man, did not have Spider Man, and it had Tom Hardy, uh, just doing a terrible American accent, which. Does he talk in this trailer? Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think he does. Uh, he does. Actually, he does. does. He does. A very, a, very, a very short amount of times, though. <laughs> wow. Yeah. A billion dollars. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we have Carnage being introduced in this one. And I don't know. He looks cool. I yeah. still haven't worked up the enthusiasm to watch Venom 1. I don't know if I'll work up. Uh, I ha- I heard the best take, which is if this was on HBO Max like next week, I might watch it. I, I don't. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if I can work myself to a theater to watch I, Venom. Let there be carnage. Yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised um, you haven't seen it because I watched it on the airplane. <laughs> was this is that when you were going to Japan? Uh, no, when I was going to Seattle. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like not not this Seattle, like. With us as a group when we went to PAX a few years ago. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, it was. I I watched the first movie on an airplane, and um, was it bad? Yeah. I know it was fine. It was completely. <laughs> it was a. It was, was an it okay a... movie. I, you know, my thing about it was it was a good first try. I need to make another <laughs> one. And it made like, a billion dollars. Jesus. Yeah. I the, the thing about Venom as a comic book character, right, is that he is a villain to Spider-Man, but also an anti-hero. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He 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 very particularly hates Spider-Man, but everyone else he's cool with. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a funny situation to be in. Um so you could enjoy him being a good guy sometimes. Um but I'm I'm only sad in that Carnage 
in terms of looking cool and, and me being and being a little kid when I first saw him, I was like, this is the coolest villain ever. I want Carnage yeah. to be the guy everywhere. Is he the red and, one? Yeah, yeah, the red one. Nineties nineties ultra violence. Yeah. I remember yeah. the the red SNES cartridge. Yeah. And and yet he's here and not in the MCU, where he probably would have shown up more than once than just this movie. So I'm very sad about that. But okay. I'll take it. Uh, they haven't ruled this out as being a part of the MCU. Um, Maybe they shouldn't, <laughs> just uh, as a quality control thing. <laughs> uh, I know. I knew. I, I remember a Sony exec. So you have to remember this, right? Sony owns the rights to Spider-Man, and they will continue to own those rights because just to fuck over Disney and Marvel, basically. <laughs> um, mm. I mean, they knocked it out of the park with Into the Spider-Verse, though, so I can't give them too much shit. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I don't know. Venna, uh, there was a Sony exec who was basically saying, oh, you know, the, the greater MCU scope. And then Kevin Feige went in and went, knock that the fuck off. <laughs> and then they <laughs> so I don't know. It, there's still a chance it could be in the MCU, but maybe it's not. Who knows? Uh, this this could be the Venomverse, right? There's also Morbius coming out in 2022. That's you true. Spider, Spider-Man's other villain that everyone loves, Morbius, <laughs> the science vampire. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I just wanted to bring it up because, frankly, it, it just does not look good to me. But I don't know. We'll we'll see what else is in theaters. Maybe I'll get bored and go mm-hmm. see it. Yeah. Well, this has been another episode of mm-hmm. Add to Party, a friendship simulator masquerading as a new show. I've been your host, James Hartwell. <laughs> Which I said it like a robot. I'm real. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. The 5G is taking control. That's what the nap was. Bill Gates asserting dominance. And I've been joined by... Charles Yamat. And I was joined by... Andy K. Now, if I, now I need you to say okay and the last four digits of your social security number, and we can end this podcast. <laughs> well, I guess you only need the last four. Have a verify. good night, everyone. Yeah, good night, guys. Yeah.